Social Ventures Australia brings you this podcast from the SVA Quarterly, the leading management publication for the social sector in Australia. I'm Karen Prout, the editor of the SVA Quarterly, and I'm talking to Susanna Schofel from SVA. Hi, Susanna. Thanks for your time today. Thanks, Karen. It's great to be talking to you. Susanna has written an article in the quarterly saying that we need STEM practices to be taught across the entire curriculum and explaining why. Her article is based on a recent report called STEM Education for All Young Australians that was commissioned by SVA in partnership with Samsung Electronics Australia and authored by University of Canberra centenary professor Tom Lowry. So um, a this report has a, has a very strong focus on disadvantaged communities. Why is that? So at, at SCA, we have a really strong commitment to equity in education and recent reports have um, come out to say that we've got a, a significant decline in performance in STEM fields. Uh, we're already working with a number of uh, school-serving disadvantaged communities. And so the OECD data that's come out recently, which suggests that in the uh, students in the bottom quartile of socioeconomic status can be up to five times more likely to be low performers than their more affluent peers was was quite a a moving um, piece of data. So we're seeing a shift in skills required for the future workforce and we believe that it's essential that all students have the opportunity to build these capabilities that will serve them well into post-school pathways. So we're now putting considered effort into that to make sure all students have the access to these opportunities. So why did SCA commission this report and what was the brief? Well, in, in, at the beginning of 2017, we partnered with Samsung Electronics Australia to launch the STEM Learning Hub. Uh, it's an expansion of our Bright Spot Schools Connection, um, which has been running since 2014. Uh, and, and the STEM Learning Hub schools um, were identified to draw out where is great practice happening in terms of STEM learning and teaching in Australian schools. Um, and so, and we looked at where is this breast best practice and uh, where is the commitment to ongoing school improvement. So we worked through with these schools um, the process of a design and implementation of really tailored projects and so we reached out to the team at the uh, STEM Education Research Centre uh, led by Tom Lowry at the University of Canberra and asked him to look at what is best practice in low SES or low socioeconomic schools in particular. Um, so. We had uh, come across Tom's research previously in looking at um, not only desktop but action research, which has been really recent, and he has been able to demonstrate some of the high um, impact strategies that schools can employ in the STEM space. So when we were working with Tom, the focus for us was really how do we make this research and this this foundation paper really, really uh, valuable to people working in classrooms in the schools that we're working with. So how do we translate this uh, research and this approach into something that is friendly enough for teachers um, who are very time poor to read and to apply in their, in their context? Mm, so very practical and uh, wanting to make it very usable. 
Yeah, absolutely. People are, are very low on time in schools and it's not that they don't understand the research that's out there, but it's not always um, something that is translatable into the classroom. Mm, yeah. And so what, what has this report found? What's it saying about STEM education? There's a couple of key points that it really calls out. So the first really is a shift in language around STEM. So STEM used to be S.T.E.M, which represented these four standalone subjects. And it's really moving into STEM as a word, an inclusive term, which is more of a lens through which to teach and learn. Um, earlier in the year, we had Professor Lowry come and speak with our STEM school leaders, um, and, and he called this removing the dots, which really resonated with our school leaders. And the, this changes the way that STEM is approached in schools, and one of the challenges that came up in the paper was um, this understanding from teachers who might be from the humanities, for example, who, who think, I'm not a STEM teacher. Uh, and that's really changed in a lot of the schools that we've worked with, and it's been a really deliberate shift um, so that they're now seeing the opportunities to teach STEM practices across uh, the curriculum. I suppose the second piece around it is that it brings to the forefront this um, STEM practices approach, which is some really new language coming out of the University of Canberra. And it's a deviation away from the traditional content knowledge, um, which is really um, heavy, in, especially in secondary schools. And it moves towards the content construction and critical thinking and these are things that we're now seeing um, in the general capabilities that are aligned with the national curriculum. So it's much more focused on, on the skills that students are developing rather than the content that they are learning. Um, so to I suppose expand on the STEM practices bit because this is something that um, has been quite uh, new, uh, it's sort of the intersection of, of three things which uh, Tom Lowry describes as an idea, a method and a value. And so in the paper, we talk about this example at Prospect North Primary School in South Australia, uh, where their young students are exploring a frog ecosystem. And it might be touching on science content, but underneath that, they're developing this understanding of sustainability and finding and solving problems. And that's through inquiry and curiosity, which sit in those values column. And something that's really important about this is a lot of these activities are not necessarily... Um, cost heavy, they're not necessarily working with uh, sophisticated technology, although they might be, and they'll often draw on resources that are available in the community, which makes it accessible and relevant to the students, uh, which was another really strong point that came out of the paper, that it needs to be contextual. The learning for students needs to be related to something that they see in their communities on an everyday basis. And I guess also in the disadvantaged communities, it's really important that it's not costly resources that they require. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that's shifted in STEM over the last few years is that we're not talking about ICT. It's sort of information um, technology that was once the standalone subject in schools. STEM is much broader than that. And that speaks to the removing the dots aspect uh, of STEM. So we're not just talking about technology, although it is a, an important part of STEM. Uh, STEM can be done really cost effectively and we've worked with people like Questacon recently who have done some incredibly uh, amazing cost effective um, STEM activities to, to bring students into that um, STEM space. And um, what was the other key finding that you talk about in our article? One of the things that's come out is this concept of spatial reasoning 
which um, I suppose in an everyday sense is our ability to sort of locate or orient or visualise objects, things like uh, decoding information graphics or drawing diagrams. So they're really everyday things that we apply when we're driving or reading a map or understanding a structure. These are often, again, cost-effective um, types of uh, approaches, but the really key thing about spatial reasoning is that it's been seen in a lot of research and particularly research coming out of the um, STEM Education Research Centre in Canberra is that it is a, a really strong determinant of success in later STEM careers. So they're seeing a really significant link there between how students are developing spatial reasoning and if they go into STEM careers and when they do go into STEM careers, how successful they'll be in that career. How, how has the paper been received in the schools that you're working in or, and what does it mean in practice for schools and or teachers? Yeah, well, we tested this paper initially with our STEM schools, but the interest has been so strong that this has gone more broadly to our cohort and, and we're finding that schools are sharing that beyond um, the particular connection cohort as well. I think for a lot of the school leaders and the feedback that we've had from them is that this paper has said that they're on the right track. It's an affirmation of the professional judgment that they have and the evidence-informed strategies which all of these great school leaders are demonstrating. And one of the things that's really come through in the feedback is that this paper is flexible. Uh, it's got some really great approaches, but they're all in context. So they make learning relevant to students and communities, which is really crucial, uh, especially in the, um, with the cohorts that our schools are working with. So thanks very much, Susanna, for taking the time to share some of, just a few of the insights from both your article and from the paper. Thanks very much. Oh, thank you. And if you'd like to read Susanna's article, uh, you can find it on the SGA Quarterly website. There's also a link to the paper itself. Related podcasts and articles can be found on the SVA Quarterly site, www.socialventures.com.au forward slash SVA hyphen quarterly forward slash. Mm-hmm.